I don't know if y'all know, but they got thrown seats in the school because I just got took to school. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Here we go. My black ass said superiority, and I stumbled on that red, and they put me in school, and I had to say the word five times before I can go twice. on the air. Twice. Twice. He said it twice. Was it, was it twice? It down. See, now I got to go to math class. Hold up. Wait till the bell ring. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the throne, everybody. My name is Charles, King Charles. And I am Mrs. Natalie Wilbo. Come on, Mrs. <laughs> well, I am the... Red January. Come on, V. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm that family. We are here in the studio, and yes, it's Saturday, and we're on the throne. You know, we got, we're gonna talk about some real shit up in here. So, um, wherever you at, you know what I'm saying. You can sit down and listen to us, or viewers. You know, whether you got your cell phone, it can be Apple, it can be iPhone. It don't make no damn difference. You know what I'm saying? Your laptop, your tablet. <laughs> Your TV and the home, Apple your and cat. iPhone is the same, yeah. right? Oh, oh, Jesus, here we I go. Mean, here Android, we go. Android <laughs> or iPhone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you can cast it right on your TV and kick back in your living room and, you know what I'm saying, and check us out. You know, we're right here on Fishbowl Radio Network. I want to, uh, uh, first of all, go around and see how everybody doing, the family doing, you know. And I'm going to start with uh, Red and Vegas. I just want to put those two words together, you know what I'm saying, and shoot it out there. Red, okay. what's happening? Man, <laughs> red in Vegas. Um, damn, I'm still floating. For real? Mm-hmm. Man, went to Vegas to go see um, Maxine Jones, who's one of the original members of In Vogue. Um, she's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. she's doing a tribute to uh, Tina Turner. And uh, me and, and Patrick Crow, my photographer. Shout out to uh, Patrick Crow. Yeah. He, he did my photo shoot. He a beast. We, uh, we... Booked a flight and booked the Airbnb and we went out there and um, he had an established relationship with her prior to us going. But man, just being a, a musician and coming up in the '90s and everybody knows who In Vogue is because I'm a singer like and and like I'm a church girl. So the harmonies like they were the female boys to men like they were idols for a little girl like me and so to be able to go and and see her show and listen to her sound check and when i walk in she's like is that january and i'm like oh somebody catch me you know like i'm looking up to these people and so and i typically don't get starstruck but like this was a big one for me so you know got to watch her show and and hands down like i can't think of anybody else in the industry that could have done tina turner more justice than her vocally she put on the great she put on a great show um got to hang out with her the next day at her studio and literally like bare face barefoot indian style sit and just chit chat with her in her personal space with her family and her people and just really be encouraged and motivated by somebody i've looked up to and never in a million years would have thought I would have had that opportunity. So but God. That's what's man. Up. It was great. It was great. And and we took some great pictures and I'm going to uh, post them eventually, but I'm just gonna hoard them for myself for now. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm still You're good at that. Yeah, I I'm am. not I'm not good at that. Red yeah, does, you you be really red ready red to red post. That's because yeah. he think he cute. <laughs> he see a red. cute shot, he'd be like, I need the world to see. <laughs> Cute ass. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you ain't lying. I, I, I just like, I like, I like, I like that shit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Especially yeah. good photos and everything like that. But red, I, I was thinking about that when I was doing my photo shoot. Shout out to Patrick Crow, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did a great shoot. Um, I was thinking about that. I said, man, I need to hold on to these like red dude because red will hold on to some shit for like six months and just drop something out there on your ass and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, Rick, 
Where you at, Red? You know what I'm saying? Taking the picture. Oh. Said, Boy, that was six months ago. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have so much content. We're actually gearing up to uh, to do a 2024 Red January calendar. Okay. We've been talking about doing it for a few years, but just, you know, we doubt ourselves and stuff like that. And I didn't want to, you know, the rejection. We're all scared of rejection. And that's just the end of it, the long and short of it. I haven't put out a calendar because how's it going to sell? How's it going to do? You know, and I, if my numbers don't look right, I'm going to feel some kind of way. Right. So let me just hoard my shit over here to myself. I need to really cut that out. That's Got why. Gotta jump. Honestly. Got to jump. Yeah, so get ready because it's going to be a 2024 Red January calendar. Like, pin up, pop up, post it on your wall. On, <laughs> See it when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. That's tight. That's mm-hmm. tight. Hey, what's happening with you? What's going on in your world? I am, I'm excited. I'm doing a lot of work. My platform is opening up. When I first moved back to Fort Worth to do the um, sex trafficking or anti-sex trafficking work, um, a lot of doors were shut to me. It's predominantly white bodies in that space and mm. survivors, black women, you know, the tropes, the welfare mama, the Medicaid queen, you know, all those things. And so I'm not really I wasn't being honored in that space until people like really started hearing me speak and like reading my websites and really what I've been through. So I'm really excited. I just got called by JPS, um, John Peter Smith John County Peter. Hospital. Um, for an October event, it'll be the most I ever made in like for an hour and a half session. So it's just not about the money though. It's about that I could have been dead and I'm not. Yeah. And I'm living this magnificent life. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this rich life and all these new experiences. So, um, I have, I have like six events in the next six weeks, eight weeks. They're like church events, but still it's a chance for me to share my story and just get my name out there so that I can do this work. My goal is to create a foundation. I have a nonprofit, but my goal is to create a foundation where instead of people's money going to organizations, they actually go, the money goes to the actual survivor. You know, like there's a whole lot of agency built up around the conversation of what it means to have been trafficked and what it means to emerge from mm-hmm. the life. And we put we put hundreds of thousands of dollars to that, millions actually. Um, but by the time it goes through their salaries, who are, often are not survivors, their mm-hmm. salaries, their insurance, the rental building, the this, the that, it's like $2.50 actually hits the life of <laughs> the actual survivor. Gap, right. Mm-hmm. And so we, they talk about us. They want to have programs mm-hmm. and panels with us, mm-hmm. but they're not putting us at the table permanently. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, the tokenism thing. So, mm-hmm. um, wow. Yeah, I had a chance to speak at Keller High School this week. So it was like, what was that? Uh, it was amazing. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I know we're not just our bodies, but it was a room full of white women. And they were really into my story. They were like, the way you share and I just, with your information, I want you to do my Sunday school class and all this different stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, breaking those glass ceilings or stepping into these rooms and being heard and respected is huge. Because I just had a friend after 15 years relapse. And so it's real out here, the things that take us back to the life or the things that we have to go through. So, you know, shout out to my friend. Um, pray that she recovers soon, recover well. But... Um, because she was out there with me, and it's hard. But I'm just grateful. Shout I'm grateful to, for the doors that are opening. Shout out to a strong black woman. Man. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Come on, Natalie. Um, I've been working. Uh, you, you, I've been you've working. done the biggest job I know in, in the working. world. Man. You had a beautiful child. I know. She's seven weeks old. I've been doing that. Um, and it, But in addition to that, I'm getting back to my poetry. My um, first open mic is tomorrow. 
So my, you know, y'all know I do um, First Amendment Freedom of Speech Sundays, First Amendment Freedom of Speech Sundays every first and third Sunday, but not anymore because she needs my time. So I'm right. doing it once a month. So tomorrow, six to eight, doors open at five thirty in Arlington. You go to my website www.wedohealingthings.com. And then I am so pleased to announce that um, we I've been asked to come back to do the Tom Joyner cruise again okay. to be the, the, the right. feature uh, spoken word artist. And this time I'm bringing some friends with me. So my co-host, our co-host Tad Nips is coming and some other okay. folks are coming. We're going to be able to do spoken word. We're going to do writing workshops. What's um, that DJ? Um DJ Mac 11. Yeah, Mac 11. Yeah. That's my DJ. <laughs> um, so, so thrilled about that. That's going to be at the end of uh, May. So, just over the moon, we get to go on tour with Stevie Wonder and Lauren oh. Hill. Oh. Come on, Lauren Hill. So, um, yes, yeah, so we get to share that stage space with them. So, I am, I don't, I don't even really have words, but mm-hmm. I don't know how I've been working because I have not been sleeping at all, ever. Um, but I still been working. So, yeah. all that's kind of But mothers. come out tomorrow to the open mic. Um, Again in Arlington, yeah, hear it. Oh, wow. Somebody, asked, somebody asked, black people. Somebody asked me how I've been doing and what's going on. In how my you life? been how doing, boy? Like, what's going, going on in your life? What shit? Now that you asked, the red you know, woman. Oh things, like, we just trying to be in your business <laughs> too. Now that you asked, I want to say shout out to um, me and Tad's new business, uh, Elite Gentleman Thirty Plus. We established a new business. You know what I'm saying? That we're um, it is taking off. It's just so many people out there now reaching out to us now that we had launched the showcase and got out of Fort Worth now we're in the middle of Dallas you know what I'm saying there is I should have been made that move because there's so many people in the industry reaching out to me now and uh, not only artists want to be a part of the showcase but I'm talking about other promoters or other venue owners and stuff like that want us to establish something in their place so, so it's amazing you know um we um, shout. I want to give a shout out to the Red Room. You know what I'm saying. You guys um, treated me with love and respect last night. You know what I'm saying. Uh, you guys have a, a great establishment and a, a great, great energy in that um, in that room in that poetry event last night. You know, um, I, I do have to shout you guys out because you, you, to me, you know, you're doing something that's uh, we need as black people a space and a place where. Um, those of us that are mature and know how to just just kick back and just chill and relax and mm-hmm. just enjoy each other, a you safe know, space. a safe there space, gotta be a whole and, bunch you know, of and, uh, and and that's what they've created a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> and then she kept her lips there, like though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what's happening right now with me. And um, what I want to say, I want to give a shout <laughs> out to um, Dr. Cassandra Bradford. Dr. Cassandra Bradford. July the fifteenth, the run, the run entrepreneur experience, man, the run conference experience is going to be nice. It's going to be live. It's going to be huge. Please get involved. We, before we we're going to take a break right now. We're going to hit us to Dr. Cassandra Bradford. Tell you guys about this. It's going to be amazing, and I will be there. I will MC this entire event. Uh, it's about a two or three day event. So come out and enjoy. I mean, you got every industry entrepreneurs that's going to be there and it's a great chance to get your digital card ready or a pocket full of uh, cardboard cards whatever you want to do if you want to network and get your name out there and get some relationship currency going on be there July 15th let Dr. Cass tell you about it we'll be back July 15th oh yeah 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 I seen that 
to the throne um me and red were um chatting and she sent me a clip and uh inside of that clip was a lot this man said a lot but um one of the things that stood out and, 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 and you'll grasp the whole story but one of the things that stood out is how there is a, a group of men who view men that love on and respect a woman and even happy with a woman a certain kind of way as even portrayed as a simp or weak or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? Like they are superior. Do we to, have that clip? Um, yeah, I have it, but it's only on my phone. I got it too. Okay. Because I, I want y'all to hear this in context if we're going to talk about it. We're not... Uh because when we paraphrase, we tend to put a little of our own... Twist to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's going to change the conversation, so... They're telling me my Facebook viewers are waiting for me. Please come back. <laughs> okay, here it is. You got it. Mm-hmm. Hold on. For your own sake. Because men do tend to talk to each other. We may not go into full details, but we'll talk to each other. His friends might tell him some things that's in opposition against you because there are some men out here that think women are the opposition. They're not gay. They're not calling themselves gay. They like having sex with women, but women are the enemy. Be careful. You might be with one. There's some men out here that are great at pretending to be in a relationship or wanting to be with you. But inside their head, they have reservation about women, period, that are negative. But they're with you. Hmm. Some of them are undercover. 
be careful because men like this tend to travel in groups they like to call men who take care of their women men who provide and are responsible men who make sure their women are happy um you know simps and you know panders but check those women women are having a great time and those men are pretty happy themselves but the dudes that call dudes names for taking care of their women usually in a horrible relationship or single or hurt and never got over it mm-hmm. I don't know if I could call them men the boys trapped in a man's body because boys want to be served and men know that we are here to serve careful for your own sake mm-hmm. wow and um yeah that part wow and it's true and it's true i was having a conversation with vet before the show and she kind of questioned me about that have i ever looked at myself in that category you know what i'm saying and uh i had to share something with her and i had to say yes i was in that category i used to be in that category where i had to i I, I didn't know it until i actually was in therapy Mm -hmm. and um found out that, you know what I'm saying, I had this huge resentment for my mother, man. Mm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, and what that did, I, 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 by me holding that pain and that resentment, you know, every woman that I came encounter with, period, in my life, I fucked over, man. You know, I disrespected. And, 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 and I had to take a look at that, man. You know what I'm saying? First, I had to forgive myself. And then, mm. you know, I had to forgive my mother mm. for what I thought would she abandon me, you know what I'm saying? But she was just protecting me, you know? And long story short, you know, she had a party and this one lady slapped me and I'm her baby, I was the baby and I'm still the baby. And I mean, open hand slapped me, bite y'all. And my mama shot her five times in the chest. So you know what I'm saying? My mama had defense to been five years in the joint for that. So in that five years in the joint, you know, we were handing around family members. And they fucked over me and my sister, molested us and all kind of different shit happened, man, you know. So when mama came home, man, you know what I'm saying, I didn't look at it that you saved me, that you protected me, you left me. Mm-hmm. And I held that for my life, man, and, I'm, and I tried to make every woman I came across pay for it. Wow, that's a hell of a story. Because mm-hmm. yeah. now it's got me thinking, I wonder if my son feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's um, it's emotional for me now. I'm, I'm still working on it because uh, I could, I used to couldn't talk about it without crying, you know. And um, talking about it now, I can feel it there. But uh, I've done some work on it, yeah. so therefore, you know, uh, I'm not going to openly cry on it anymore. I can't say that. I can't say that. But I've done some work on it. And I have to watch myself because uh, if you don't stay persistent in your process, you know what I'm saying, you can yes. fall back to your old habits. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I, I don't want to do that. I, I, I love the black woman today. I, I love you guys, man. And, uh, uh, um, and, I, and I, for whatever anybody else might think, but I'm comfortable being in the presence of a black woman. Not only as, as my woman, but also as my friend, mm-hmm. my associates and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think that um, I'm supposed to protect you guys, you know, and um, and it's my it's my duty and it's my it's it's my honor really to tell you the truth to do that and to make you feel that way, 
you know, I've had individual conversations with all of you guys, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and it, it's just because it's just who I am today and who I thrive to be better at, you know. So for those men out there that, that, that group up and uh, gossip or, or whatever <laughs> about a man that want to treat a woman right, you know what I'm saying, all I can say right now, really, you know what I'm saying, on my soul, you know what I'm saying, just fuck you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Really on like cool. You know, because, you know, you you walking around life and you walking on these eggshells of your own life and you don't even understand that you got so much shit to work on and uncover. It's why you feel that way. Yeah. Because, you know, really it's questionable or whether if you do really want a man. You know why? You know, it, 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 do you want a man? If you don't, if you, if you, if if treating a woman is it to you, mm-hmm. then you might want a man. I don't understand that. Like because it's 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 like you know, the bro code and all that kind of stuff. And and I, I really kind of attributed it, attributed that more to um, the younger generation because. It's so easy for for the younger generation of men to be dismissive of women because they haven't lived that much life, mm-hmm. and they, they, mm-hmm. you know it's cool, and that's what everybody's talking about, and fuck hoes, and all, mm-hmm. and, and prostituting, and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is so trendy right now. Suki with the good coochie and walking on all fours and all this shit in the videos and like the shit is trendy and it's cool right now. And our generation, this kids is lost, man. So this is becoming the norm. So where are where are the OGs like you that actually champion black women who just because we not dating or whatever or you don't even have to know me but just when I'm in a room with a gentleman like yourself I can feel safe yeah. because you feel like that's your responsibility as a man but not these little niggas or excuse me <laughs> young ones or whatever you know they Ain't my mom, it ain't my people. You know, they don't have any sense of responsibility, any sense of community, any sense of self. And women are so, black women are so unprotected. We are so not champion. We, I mean, I don't know where I can go and feel safe. I stay home. Like, I am so reclusive. Like, don't let social media fool you if I'm not gigging or or something like that. I'm at the house because that's where I feel safe. I've created a space where I feel safe, where my kids can feel safe. Because when I go out, even in my community, around my people, I don't feel safe. I feel like if some shit pop off, I can't look at anybody for protection. I got to protect my own. And that's not what I was meant to do. So now I have to, because I got to go in protection mode, because of this school of thought that is so common amongst our men, because I'm specifically speaking to black men, um... Over time, you've adopted, uh, as a black woman, you've adopted these masculine traits because we've had to step into this role because we're not champion. And then y'all want to sit up and talk shit about you don't want a black woman because she's too masculine and she's too mean and she's too dick to dick to dick, you stupid motherfucker. Y'all are the reason we this way. Y'all are the reason we're this way. Take some responsibility. And until our black men can take responsibility for that stuff, that stuff there's always going to be a disconnect because when we have the conversation with black men black men don't want to step up and take responsibility it's a tit for tat thing but it starts with you king dingling you want to be the king of the house you want to lead you want to rule the roost and all that kind of shit will stand up and show me that you can do that and it starts by making me feel safe with you 
And then on but top it has of that, to go back to what you said. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It really does have to go back to what you and Natalie kind of opened up at the beginning that we have intergenerational stuff to talk about. Uh, we yeah. have that. We, I mean, I'm, we have slavery. We have Jim and Jane Crow era. We have the intentional putting of drugs in black communities where the black Mass man was severed. We have it where single mothers in the 80s, 70s and 80s, it was, you know, it was intentional, I think. Yeah. And I know we do, you know, people are like, that's conspiracy theory. But if you look at it, Mm-mm. it was intentional. So then you divided the black family, you, you displaced the black man, and then the woman ended up being real strong and having to take care of everything. And on now we're resented. And so oftentimes when I'm having conversations with black men that are angry and not wanting to go to therapy and not wanting to deal with that trauma then they're angry with black women uh, we're not taking the conversation back to the root yeah yeah i'm mad at you because you say i one man told me you don't like it was like the from the movie uh, think like a man he was like you don't need a man you are a man and it's like but you don't understand what i've been through mm-hmm. so i i didn't have the benefit of being soft mm-hmm. i had to come up through it and i had three working. kids right yeah. so um, but And I told him, I said, the conversation that you want to have with me doesn't really begin with me. Mm-hmm. It begins with your fa- your familial history and you doing the work of understanding what has truly happened in the black community, mm-hmm. in the indigenous community, Latina mm-hmm. community. All of us that are have been minoritized um, have this narrative. And if you don't want to do that work, then you're going to carry the trauma forward from your own like if you hadn't done the work you would still be angry with women so right i was dating a dude like not too long ago and i was like oh i I said i have to go i'm on my way to therapy and he just laughed and so i let him finish laughing i said what are you laughing about he was like you go to therapy you need somebody help you understand and i never spoke to him again that's the dumbest Mm -hmm. shit i've ever heard Mm -mm. who laughs at therapy (laughs) i hate i i fear men I've been my brother, my uncle, I was a prostitute, I've been abused, taken advantage of. And so if I wasn't doing this work, I wouldn't be healed enough. I'd be like him on the other end, Mm -hmm. despising men. But I keep myself in that process of doing that work. I also understand historically, like I was just saying, what we've been uh, put through. So I'm not mad at the black man because I understand the canvas Mm -hmm. from which he's emerging. But you had to make you had to make a conscious decision and you have to be intentional about learning about what the black man has been through so that when you have a conversation with him you can come from a place of understanding start even if it's a a minimal place of understanding you get the big picture so you can be receptive of what he's talking about and understand his trauma how the fuck are we supposed to heal if we don't do the work right but the black men are not and Natalie I want you to get in this too you know I'm just sitting over there you know I know you guys are about to explode but listen (laughs) what Red just said but also, you know, men fear for actually looking at her when when he when he engaged with a woman. You know, what I'm saying not just don't don't just look at how beautiful she is or how big her ass is, titties is, and stuff like that, and what she got or whatever. How about her history, what she's been through? First of all, the black woman. You already you understand that what the black woman has went through in this life. Malcolm X says she's the most despised. Oh she God. is. Anyway, I'm sorry. In society, look what the black woman has been. Look what the black woman is up against. But then, look at the woman in front of you. And look at the woman in front of you and where she's at in her process. That's the only way that you're going to actually be able to deal with this woman successfully. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And make her feel you. Because you're trying to take, you're taking the time and understanding to learn 
her. Yeah, don't minimize. But if you're not that's doing important. that for you, you can't do it for me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's what I'm agreeing. Yeah, yeah that's you can't what I'm do saying. It. If you don't do no inner work, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because it's an inside-out job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an inside-out job. Because you can't even you can't even meet me at my mind if you haven't begun your own journey. No, you can't. You can't even hold a conversation. No, you still on some pussy dick thing. Oh my goodness, and yeah. I cannot suffer a fool. Yeah. No, indeed. Yeah, so uh, um, ditto to everything y'all said. Um, but, and this is, you know, this was a systematic thing, right? So, we, yes, we got to go back gener- generationally. We have to do our own individual work. But when we, when we think about men in general and black men in general, that's not something that has been um, popular. That's not something that has been um, encouraged right. in any of the communities because the powers that be, they don't want us to do the work. Right. They don't want the, the the minority, the black and brown people to do the work to, to heal themselves and then heal their their relationships, their families, their, their communities. communities. Why yeah. would they want that? Mm-mm. And so um, who laughs at therapy? A person who's been in a society that says black people don't do therapy. That's mm-hmm. white people. What then white people going to do? This? And there's, there's very few black males mm-hmm. that are therapists, psychotherapists doctors you know mental health doctors they're they're rare and so yeah one of my best friends i just talked to her the other day and 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 her her ex-husband just got killed about a year ago and they have a son who is a young adult in his early 20s late teens early 20s and this man literally taught this this baby that Men don't, we don't do that. We don't cry. We don't go to therapy. We don't, right. That's pussy shit. Like, he instilled this in his son, and now he, he went and got himself killed. And the baby can't even, we can't even help you grieve because your daddy didn't instill this in you that we don't do this. Where does that come from? And then we don't do it where, because, it, where do we because learn it's feminine. This? And then that, wow. that, yes. that yes. further kind of creates this whole, oh, well, I, if, if I can't do something because it's feminine, then that means female women are bad. And so then... And then we... So the gender roles where men mm-hmm. have to be stoic, strong, protectors, and all of this. And and when I think about it, when we live in the ethos of the black man, the black body, black and brown body, already being stressed to the max, and then they don't do therapy, it's like another mechanism to kill. Mm-hmm. It's another mechanism. Like if, if a black man is living in this society and doesn't have the freedom to live outside those gender constructs where they have to be stoic, strong, and all protector, like it's unreasonable. Mm-hmm. It's like you're wading water your entire life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're getting rate. exhausted. And then you, you yeah. become tired. It's, you actually and become it's, it's, it's systemic. Resentful. And suicide I, I rate recently, for black oh, men right now is sky high. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just really popping out the roof. You because know. there's no reprieve. There's no, there's no reprieve. Rest. There is no rest. When yeah. do you catch your fucking breath? Like it's one thing after another. And how do you get out of it? Because you, you're damned when you, when you hit the ground running. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Everything is such a fight. Yep. That's why so many black men are in the streets selling drugs or whatever because it's easier. I don't have to report to no white man. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to this corporate place for and pennies. be degraded mm-hmm. for these fucking peanuts. Yep. Meanwhile, you pulling up, you easily making six figures and I'm doing all the work and then you want to treat me like shit. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. And then you're disrespected at home because mm-hmm. I don't trust you. 
you talk, you know, mm-hmm. I don't trust you because I'm not, like as a black woman, I'm yeah. not doing therapy. I have my own bag. You know what I'm saying? So it's cyclical. Mm-hmm. So somebody has to start doing the work. And for me, because of all the stuff I have been through, I just did the work or else I was going to die. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was either yeah. prison, prison, crack, prison, crack, streets, I was going to die. Yeah. So I had to, you know, do something to create a way forward. But if you don't have that mindset, then it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. And then our kids are still growing up in homes where black parents don't love one another. It's not mirror. It's not mirror. I had to be in this space and place. And I want to share this right now. Oh, that hurts my heart. I, um, I had to hit rock bottom spiritually, mm-hmm. emotionally, mentally, before I was able and being willing to do anything. To not go back to the way I was, mm-hmm. you gotta be tired. See, that's yeah. that's where I was, and I was I was so so open, so transparent to anything, and I had to release and let go of me because I was holding myself back. Mm-hmm. That's a death. See, my biggest yeah, enemy, yeah, yeah. my let biggest enemy, my biggest yeah. enemy, my entire life was, was me, yourself. and I didn't even know it. Because I always played the blame game. It was your fault. It was mm-hmm. your fault. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. Because you have to See, make I a decision to look I in that mirror and be mine. real with you about you. You got to be able to stand in the mirror and look at yourself and be like, bitch, you fucked up. You need to do this. You need to change this. This is mm-hmm. not working. Like, you got to have mm-hmm. that conversation with yourself. And you have to identify that there's an issue. <laughs> like, is or, or you, you can't change. But the tough thing for a lot of black men is they don't. they feel like there's one there's only one um, choice, right? And it's to die, but but you but keep living, but be dead. And that's how then we become resentful because mm-hmm. black women, women in general, it's okay for us to do the work, to go to therapy, but it's not for me. So now I'm resentful. And I learned recently that resentment is closer related to jealousy, jealousy. than anger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? We you think mad at me because I didn't yes. heal. Right. Now I'm right. better. And now I think yes. I'm better. And now you want to better right. me. So now, like right. I'm better. That's a very, exactly. very good Ooh. analogy right there because yeah. I've mm-hmm. never heard it put that way, but it just slid right into my part in my brain mm-hmm. resentment yeah. is closely related, related to, to jealousy mm-hmm. that's powerful Man, thank that's you for saying powerful. that yeah. on the show so now today. so, so then yeah, going back to that. going back to to what it seems like black men or men who hate black women they're jealous in a way mm-hmm. because we have different resources or different answers different options different choices that they don't feel like they're privy to mm-hmm. yeah I just had this conversation so, so, about a jealous situation, and 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 now now that we, oh Lord. it's been resentment all along. Mm-hmm. So wow. then it's like so 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 an answer is we have to help these brothers recognize you have the same options. It's gonna be tough. That's why several times going all the time, like y'all get on my case because I'm like, Mm-mm, brother, do it anyway. Do it while it's hard. Do it, and y'all y'all don't understand. I'm like, Mm-mm. whether or not I understand is beside the point. Do it anyways. Do it get it your hard. kids anyway. Mm-hmm. Do whatever I mean, anyway. Anybody. Heal it. Do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Keep keep being open and vulnerable, even if ten women hurt you in the past. Do it anyways because you have to recognize that you do have the choice, mm-hmm. even though it hasn't been made to to you know made to to be to seem like you all have the choice you do have the choice to heal mm-hmm. you do have the choice to be healthy happy well to love and to love mm-hmm. nicely gently you can be vulnerable cry all mm-hmm. the things you do have those choices but life society the man mm-hmm. maybe women other men for sure have taught you that you don't yeah. and now you're resentful because y'all think we do well we do but so do you 
And I think religious organizations need to start having this conversation. So many of so many black and brown bodies go to church, whatever their church may be. And the churches I've been in for the last 40 years, I have not heard Mm -hmm. the conversation about breaking down these gender constructs that make it where a man doesn't see the fullness of their options and be strong, protect your wife and be a man of God and pray in faith. And it's like cry, be vulnerable. Let us know that your heart is hurting. Let us know how we can walk with you. It's always this, and, and that's just me. I'm not, I'm not attacking anybody else's tradition, but if we don't begin to have these conversations in the places where our, where our men, our people, or people in general gather, how will they hear? How will they know? And so we really right have here. to, oh, Lord. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, church folks, don't, don't, don't be too mad at me, but unfortunately, um, a lot of our churches are based off of the same principles that have instilled these things. I know that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was thank so you, they, Natalie. I'm so not they, alone. So they can't. Trouble. So they can't. They can't have those no, conversations. They can't open that up to teach men that because that goes against the basic principles. Uh, 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 that's uh, what I'm trying. That's it. No, 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 no. That is exactly what I'm trying to say. This is why one of my platforms is religious violence. Come on, where do we get this from? What are we talking about? The foundation of all of this shit is the slavery issue. Because the the Bible that we believe in, and I'm sorry, I'm a church kid. I was raised as a Christian, so if you got something to say, come for me. (laughs) I was raised in the Christian church, baptized in the Christian church. But the Bible that we were given was passed down to us from Massa. They took our history out of that Bible. They used that Bible as a weapon against us to indoctrinate us with the bullshit about being a slave, that it is it was godly to do that. And so whatever is in that Bible is what they used to control us. So when we sit up under our pastors, if we don't have, if we are not beyond um, the religion and don't have our own relationship, on, you're on, not Red. going to be able to rightly divide. You're going to go off of whatever this pastor is telling you with no point of reference and with no revelation from the living word. So it's, it's indoctrin- indoctrinating you. Yes. You're still in slavery. You're under slavery to the damn Bible because you don't even understand it from a revelational place. Yeah. You're just doing it out of tradition because that's what mom and daddy and grandma and them told you to do. Yeah. And, and you don't even understand what it's doing to you. You don't even understand what it's doing to your family because this is what you know is the right thing to do. But when you break that shit down, that's why y'all retarded right now. And because it's patriarchal in nature, androcentric in nature, male-centered, if you have an unhealthy man who has this God on his side, then you slip into submission, become an exploitation and disrespect and abuse. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like if you, if you, if I've been given, if through God I have been given power over you and I am not healthy within myself, that power will become corrupt and lopsided and our society teaches men to control women, submit, you know, submit, subjugate, oppress, mm-hmm. then it becomes violent, and then we don't understand why. We don't understand that we are gods and goddesses, that we are fractals of God. Like, we are bits Man, of God, so don't, image. don't disrespect me in the name of God. Don't, don't do that. Um, but the church is not being accountable. And as an ex-prostitute, an ex-sex worker, when I tell you the disrespect that that 
just a disrespect. Men, for some reason, and I, you know, it's back to slavery. It's back, it's back to the Bible being taken Western instead of down through Ethiopia and come on, come on, come and Kemet and following the Bible through Africa instead of following it through the Western uh, <laughs> European strand of Christianity. Watch oh, Unspoken. Strand. Unspoken will teach you about how the Bible, the one that we listen to, comes up out of the West, obviously Western culture. But if you follow the biblical man, text through the man. African scholars, it's going to open up a whole different understanding of who we are in God. And that disrespect ceases. I, I, am, I am your half. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am not to be trod upon. Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? I gave birth to your children, and my nipples leak when our child cries. Come on, man. My child. Right our child. Right Do you understand now. what I'm saying? Not not when everybody, every other baby in their nursery Just cries. The one when my cry. baby Come cries, on, my man. nipples leak. And you're going to leave your babies on my eyelashes and disrespect me? What are we doing? Like, what are we doing for real? <laughs> There's hey. a rap song out right now. Y'all I left my kids. I left my kids on her eyelashes. Like, wait a minute. I am the mother of creation of like. Can get I, it together, can I y'all. Oh, oh, Seriously, can we segue once more? Um, so, so we know we know root causes, right? And then things catapult. Um, rap lyrics and music and rappers and uh, bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks and all the other things and you want to tell that wasn't today that was that was back when music was good and that's what the message was and then today the message is I left my kids on your eyelashes or in the back of your throat or in the daycare in your throat oh baby all the things um so (laughs) yeah it's gonna be hard to get these this message of healing and you can and the woman is your rib and your helpmate it's gonna be hard to get that to translate to really come across when media social media entertainment media is the other i just talked to a pimp two or three weeks ago he said we don't have to groom them Society does it for us. Ooh. Period. I said, I ain't Ooh. even got to groom the hoes. So the church. Hey, y'all. Oh, sorry. It's a throne. We'll be right back. <laughs> Take a look. What you say? Sandra Bradford. And I want to invite you to this year's The Run Entrepreneurial Conference happening on July 15th at 8 a.m. at On the Levee in Dallas, Texas. Listen, if you are a CEO, a CFO, an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or you just thinking about starting a business you need to get to the run entrepreneur conference on july 15th 2023 listen if you are a truck driver a dispatcher freight broker it doesn't matter what you do get to the run conference this year we're going to have workshops conferences roundtable discussions if you want to get into dispatching trucking ai artificial intelligence whatever you need in business we got you covered come have the entrepreneurial experience of a lifetime on July 15th at the Run Conference. The Run Conference experience, Saturday, July 15th at 9 a.m. Don't miss out on the Levy Center, 1108 Quaker Street, Dallas. For registration, go to www.runconference.org. Here I go. The Showcase, May 5th. Some people call it Cinco de Mayo, but we finna call it the Showcase up in here. It's at the Empire Event Center, 1709 Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, Dallas, in the middle of D-Town. Yeah, we finna give it to you all. We finna give you the spoken word, the poetry. 
country, the comedy, R&B, neo soul. We finna give you a show. Just come on and sit down. Oh, I didn't tell you. You got to be at least 30 years old to come mess with us. Elite Gentleman's Production is going to serve you up with the showcase in the middle of downtown Dallas. Come on out. May 5th. Y'all know what it is. Oh, 
Rocking the fake smile It's harder to forget the memories And all the love I thought you gave to me If there's a silver hype, we'll never leave And I can't stop breaking down Down Breaking down Coming in on this one. Act out of, of jealousy, what they right. thought they knew. Red, bring it in. Well, we in. Hell, I ain't gonna bring it in. <laughs> hey, y'all, hey, we back. <laughs> the conversation never stopped. It usually doesn't wow. stop during the break. Um, man, we was just kind of wow. chit chatting about how how um, people people can operate in in jealousy that is disguised as as other things yeah. you know people people don't always present um or show up as their authentic self based off of what their what their agenda is man you never know what people are thinking you know you got to be careful who you let in your space because people I've said this before on the show. People are energy vamps. People will will come to Parasite. suck you freaking dry. You know, people will link up with you because of the type of people that you attract, because of the type of circles that you run in, and they feel like what you got going on could possibly um, further their agenda. And they will come posing as friends and family and sis and bro and all that so kind of stuff. So they got a motive. And having you feeling like you can trust them when all along they see something in you that you probably don't even see in yourself. You just being you, you know, and and people will show up in our lives and and they will bring that nasty energy and they will leave that shit if you're not careful. Oh, yeah. Be careful when you have a platform. Be careful when you when you're a giver, when you have a heart to give, because. You still got to get your cup filled back up. You can't give from an empty cup, so you have to be careful of the people who are just around um, to suck your freaking energy, to get a little bit of your shine, man. Protect your shine and let people say what the hell they want to say. Oh, she's this. Oh, she's bougie. Oh, he think he. Yep, I do, and so do you, and quit hating. <laughs> and so does he. You know? 
And let's yeah. let's keep checking our insecurities, right? Because that, that's how we get jealous. That's how we get resentful is if we have not, we're not settled in ourselves. We have mm-hmm. things that we desire that we fail to get or we have things about ourselves that we, we fail to achieve within. And then we project that. And, and oftentimes or sometimes we project it, but we mask it. of like, no, I'm just giving you some friendly advice or I'm speaking in love or what have you. No, you're speaking from jealousy. Yeah. And you're really hurt. just trying to cut me. You really and you're insecure. You're insecure. Yeah, not, you can't not, cut me. Oftentimes they're not even trying to cut you. They're just cut. Mm. They're cut. And bleeding so it's, all over And now it's, it's bleeding onto you. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not even that personal. I'm, but I don't I, that's, do, yeah. That's I don't why do I'm bait saying, and switch friendships. No, mm-hmm. the, and we shouldn't. But let's just keep checking ourselves because stop I it. I think it all falls back to something that we got, that came up earlier in the show that uh, I felt that was so dynamic that resentment turns into or are so correlated with uh, jealousy. You know, um, you know, I, I, I feel very uncomfortable if I know you and you um, put yourself in a position where you're looking over me and looking down at me. You know, um, I can actually say that I'm not cut that way. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't dig that energy. You know, I, I like this energy right here. You know what I'm saying? Look at me square in the eye. Don't look at me like you're looking down on me. You know what I'm saying? That you better than me. That you arrived at some motherfucking place. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't, you can't handle me like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you gonna, you gonna, you gonna get this beast. You're going to get this beast, and then you're going to be wondering, you know what I'm saying, if I, I think I can, I can whoop him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to start having those good thoughts because, you know what I'm saying, I don't yeah. disrespect you so bad. Yeah. Because I don't want it's, – it's, 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 it's hard sometimes navigating through life and, 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 and trying to stay on a track and a trail that you're on when you're living a different life, when you're living opposed to the life that you lived in the past. Because there's so many obstacles out here today that you know what I'm saying that you can that can trigger you, that can take you back, mm-hmm. and we know you know what I'm saying. We know not you, Natalie. You know what I'm saying. You're square, but you know what I'm saying. You know we know we know jealousy and resentment. We, <laughs> we that I don't have a criminal background. That I don't. We know that. All it takes is a split second for us to make a wrong decision and a wrong choice, and there we go. Period. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, and then we're back in handcuffs, back sick, sad, and sorry. You know what I'm saying? In those situations, so you know, do I, I don't know. It's just why is there so much envy and jealousy in, in people in our society? Is is it systematic? Is I it, think it's it insecurities. Yeah. It's a house it's nigga versus feel nigga thing. Excuse my language today. I'm, yeah. That I feel like, yes, it's all system. I'm blaming it all on that. Because if y'all had left us the hell alone, we'd be living in our regalty and our royalty like the hell we was meant to in the first place. So and it was probably it even existed in then. Just humanity, competition, right? Competition. So I don't even, I don't know exactly how it started, who in the Bible started it, but competition. I mean, competition in the Bible and Cain, Cain and killed Abel, Abel mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Competition leads to power differenti- differences. And then we got, okay, well, if you've got the power position or what have you, then if I'm not secure in myself, going back to the insecurity, then I'm jealous. But I feel like we are notorious for that in our community. Like, it ain't enough to go around. You know what I'm saying? Like, clicking up and all of that kind of stuff and don't want to put the next man on or want to penny pinch your your contacts or your resources and all of that kind of stuff. I think... We, we as black people are bad about that. Yeah. Where other cultures are not like that. 
Like, it's so, we are such crabs in a freaking bucket. Because we're coming from a scarcity mentality. But there's a reason we're, we're coming from a scarcity mentality, because it's scarce out this motherfucker. Like, and then, and the other part for me is spiritual. Like, I genuinely see creation as I'm connected to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm connected to your well-being. I'm connected to the woman's well-being in Indonesia. We don't think that way. Mm-hmm. Our society is very much individuated. Like, it's all about me, my I. But I know that if you, if I eat... And I make a table large enough for you to eat, then I eat better. Mm-hmm. That like if 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 your belly's full, and then my belly's full spiritually. Like I, I thrive in that. Like mm-hmm. I want us to win. Is it like absolutely? Knowledge? I want us to win. No, it's Is a it scarcity like- mindset. If I yeah. feel like I, we have there's one loaf of bread and I divvy it up, well, I'm not gonna have enough. Uh, and that's how they want us to be, mm-hmm. so that we stay divided, so that I don't trust now. now I don't trust if red. I share my then bread culture today. Then your culture stays fractured. We put fractured. our bread together tomorrow. Right. We're going to be good. Because right. you trust me now. And, and we, we've ate, we've yes. eaten together. And now we've you can hunt built together. built a bond. Yes. That's, yeah. not the, that's not the societal and message. And then we can defend our enemies. We right. can defend ourselves our real against enemies. our enemies together. Right. But as long as you have us arguing over a crumb. Have you ever seen the um, meme where there's like a dude sitting at the end of the table with a whole cookie. And then they have two poor people fighting over the crumb in the middle. So if they keep us like this, fighting over that damn crumb and not united and looking at the one who has the whole cookie, then it keeps us fractured. And we all stay starving. Wow. Fighting over the crumb instead of whooping I talk a little bit about... taking the whole cookie. I talk a little bit about a concept that I might have made up in therapy, relational um, relationship uh, capitalism. Right? Capitalism. Okay. I, 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 I might make it up. Capitalism. Relationship capitalism. You know, the, the, the system of capitalism is this, right? It's not collective. It's right. individualistic. It's I need to get what I need to get for me. And so there is no space for that. It, is, it doesn't even make sense. And right. that's what our whole society, mm-hmm. our Western society was built on. Mm-hmm. That has to bleed over into relationships. Mm-hmm. So now when we have that, when we're, when we're supposed to be a team in families and friendships and romantic relationships, mm-hmm. but we are, our, um, our system is wrapped around capitalism. Mm-hmm. Right, competition. We're in competition within yeah. our even romantic relationships. Of course we're going to fight over the crumbs. Of course we're going to fight over the men. Of course we're going to fight over... The whatever we're going to fight over. Because yeah. we can't look any deeper or higher to see what's really going on, to see the net that we're caught up in, which is this idea of using one another as capital. Mm-hmm. I don't want, and the other thing about me and insecurity, I don't want, I don't want to be red, and I don't want to be Natalie, but I damn sure do want to learn from them that. because they're moving in the world in ways that I don't know, and they're my sisters, my siblings. And I can only be better if I sit with them and learn what they, you know what I'm saying? Like, instead of look, I mean, look at it like a goddamn garden. Like, you don't just go look at one fucking flower. You look at the the array. Like, man, what does red have to offer me? And the friendship. Not like, like some people I know, like you said, just want to be around because you can broaden their platform. I don't want that. I want my heart and my mind to be expanded mm-hmm. because then what is for me will be enriched right. by my experience right. with you. Right, and then you can glean a question from for y'all. From so I, I get the sense that thus on, us on this panel, panel and those of us that have this experience where we had some hardships, we hit rock bottom, we decided, okay, it's death or healing, and we chose healing, we took the responsibility, but there's so many people who have similar experiences, but they don't cross over like that. What is the difference? Well, I think, uh, um, and this is from um, what I, this is learned, um, it's, um, 
everybody's bottom and everybody's end and everybody's uh, um, point is different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's point is not. Mine's was a, a, um, a point to where um, I have to be careful with this. Um, I, um, I got to a, it wasn't going to the pen the first time, second time, third time, or fourth time. It wasn't getting shot. It wasn't getting stabbed. It wasn't uh, waking up in in a hole in San Quentin. You know what I'm saying? Where they had I had to cut the the knives that I tied to my hand when we had the war on the yard. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't all that shit that brought me to my bottom. It wasn't uh, 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 living on a, in a cardboard box on De- on Skid Row and on Crocker Street downtown Los Angeles. It wasn't that. It wasn't being in the uh, uh, the mission. You know, so I finally got a chance to get in the mission to taking off my shoes and peeling my socks off my feet and my skin on the bottom of my feet came off with it. It wasn't that that was my bottoms. You know what I'm saying? I did something morally against everything that I am and everything that I believe. Yeah. And, and that fucked me up. Yeah. And I had it, that was my bottom. To answer your question, everybody's bottom is different, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying. Some people's bottom is death. True. Some people' bottom is life in prison. Some people get a chance to get uh, have be at their bottom, but some inf- some seed has been planted already. Mm-hmm. See, some seed has to have to be planted. See, when I made a decision to do something different, then I had to rely on what somebody planted in me already mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to rely mm-hmm. upon to fall back on. If I was empty, I'd have died. Mm-hmm. Because no matter how bottom I was, yeah, was it didn't make no difference. If I didn't have nothing to grow, yeah. there's nothing to grow. Mm-hmm. Same. Got to be good Fully soil. It, you, you, and that's... That's your responsibility to be the good soil so that when a seed is planted, it's like when I, how I raised my son. I'm dealing with my oldest son. He's 18, getting ready to be 19. He's getting ready to graduate high school. And I've watched him really, really come into himself recently. But God damn it, if I ain't been down in the valley of the shadow of death with him for the last however many years. And I'm like, good soil, good soil, good soil. I'm going to keep pouring into him i'm gonna keep speaking these things i'm gonna keep we he's so sick of me in these same conversations and i told him i know you sick of it i know you're tired of hearing it but you're gonna sit your ass right here and we're gonna recap it once again because it looks like you haven't quite applied the lesson just yet but one of these days you're going to be somewhere out there on your own Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen. You're going to approach a situation where you're going to have to reach down into the reserves of the information that I gave you that you might not have been paying attention to, but because you heard it so many times, because I tilled that soil, because I put fertilizer in that soil, those words were hidden like a seed in his good soil. And now he can pull from that. He can pull from those reserves, and he's got that word hidden in his heart, and now he can use it in whatever situation he's in. So it's really important that we do the work or that we allow ourselves to have a level of openness enough for the seed to be planted. I, you you just hit it, and you said to, I was going to disagree with you at first, and then you said something else, and I was like, no, you just said the opposite. So <laughs> about the soil and, and, the, and the seeds. Um, and, and what Charles was saying is that he had something to pull from, right? I don't know that it's our responsibility to start off with, right? People have to, whether it's pour in the soil and then the seeds from the, from the jump, so that as I go through life and I have trauma, I have whatever, whatever, I hit my bottom, my middle, my, my top, my, I do things against myself, I have something to go back to. But if, if 
when we start, we don't have it. We have a blank slate. My mm-hmm. daughter right now has a blank slate. And so it was my, it's my responsibility. And it's the people in, in her life. It's our responsibility as adults or older children, older than her, to put the soil in there and then the seeds so that she then can come back and pull something from. So I, mm-hmm. I disagree that it's our responsibility because if, if we leave it to that point, it's too late. That had to be that. That stuff needed to be plant seeded and, and, yeah, and soiled. Well, what about but the people that didn't have that? I was going to say I, so. Sexual, sexual violence that. started six, seven, and eight for me. Poverty and domestic violence, drugs at nine. So I, there was no seeds, and religion was Jehovah's Witness. So we, you know, we would be beaten until our skin opened, and my mother would sit in the hall with a first aid kit. So I didn't. There was no like life giving stuff for me, uh, probably until. I was maybe 18 when someone said something like, you're better than this or there's more for you than this. But, I, like, sometimes I don't know if there's always a seed because so, the trauma starts so early. So I do think there's, for some people, there's this divine, um, mm-hmm. there's because this Because you thing. are who you are. You, yeah, there's, like, this divine soul. touch because, like, how else would I come? I don't attribute who I've become to myself. Yeah. How else would I have come out of all of these things with the gifts and graces that I have? Um, I've, my, I've had friends die. I've had friends commit murder doing the same thing I was doing or doing 25 to life now. Like, how do some people make it out beautifully and some people don't? I think yeah. some of it is, you know, character. character yeah. I think some of it is character and temperament. But I also know that a lot of this I didn't have anything to do with. I was out there wild. Like, I could have been. I, used, I write in my book, I'm a, I was a Jane Doe walking. I was out there ready to be killed. And then you could kill me at any moment. I was lost, like trash, done. Um, but something, something like was following me that like got protected me or whatever. Um, so I don't, I think some, I think it's a little bit of everything. Cause it, I, to me, it's divine. The way you've come out mm-hmm. to me is divine. I don't but know if that's, it has but to do with I us. Say we're, you're responsible. Yes, it was divine because there was call, there was a calling on your life, but Anybody can have a calling on your life. It was your responsibility to answer that call. Mm. Nobody can answer that call for you. That was a choice you had to make. God can present you with the opportunity, but if you don't take the opportunity and make the best of that opportunity, then that seed fell on bad soil. It is your responsibility to go get the fertilizer. Because I can tell my son all this shit. If he don't use it, if he doesn't get some water and make sure his soil is good, then the seed is going to die. I can mm-hmm. drop the seed, but he's got to make sure yes. that he, he nurtures that seed. That's and if he's got point, people yes. around him that can help prune the, the weed mm-hmm. pool, the weeds and all of that, then good for him. Right. But not everybody has that. Right. Sometimes you got to weed your own shit. Right. right. And I, I guess I was saying that that's the difference. Those of us who have more, you know, I don't want to say easier because it's not been easy for any of us, but those of us who, who come out of that, I think, better or more often or easier, the likelihood is that we had some seeds, somebody mm-hmm. somebody yeah. planted seed or it was a divine, intervined seed that mm-hmm. was there that we got to pull from. Mm-hmm. Very rarely can you, as a 18-year-old, 25-year-old, 72-year-old, say, all right, now, you know, I, I don't have anything to pull from, from my past, from oh, my childhood, yeah. from my upbringing. Nobody ever came to me at 18 or anything and said, you're better than this or never give up or God's got <laughs> you. Nobody ever did any of those things. And I'm at my lowest. I'm at life or death. And I'm just going to choose to come out of it healthy. That's mm. not realistic. No. That's not realistic mm-hmm. at all. And, you know, I want to um, say this, that um, the, the divine peace, uh, I truly believe that, you know, and I'm going to say it, and I'm just going to 
you know, butt naked ice cold. God kept me. Man, period. You know, uh, uh, I'm not confused about that, you know, because um, Deb was just talking day. about it. She said it was something, you know, she was just toe day, up day or the flow up, but something was there. And, yeah. yeah. And for me, you know, God kept me, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, I remember in my process, early on in my process of changing and doing the work, I had ambitions to be uh, a professional forklift driver. That's all I wanted to be. You know, nine years ago, that's all I wanted to be as a professional forklift driver. But that wasn't his plan. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, where I'm at and what I'm doing today, even in my um, day-to-day job, you know what I'm saying? I never went to school for it. Never went to school for it. I just showed up and I showed out. Because what I've done, you know, by doing the work, I've released some assets and liabilities, you know what I'm saying, that I didn't know that I had, you know what I'm saying. And, yeah, and, and I got a chance to put all that on the table and do the work, yeah. add, pick up what I need Man. and discard what I don't need because a lot of that stuff was killing me and I needed to put it out on the table to see what it looked like. Yeah. See, that's the key right there is to see what it looked like. So I had to look at me. And uh, and I took my assets, man, and brought my assets back in, and then my assets on a day to day basis. As long as I got out the driver's seat, because I had all these warrants and tickets, and let God drive, because that God got a clean record. So we start moving some places. <laughs> that I like that. You know, we start moving <laughs> yeah. some places. I like that. And what, one of the reasons that I had asked that original question is because I was hoping that we would c- get to this understanding of there. There are things that need to be instilled in us. You know, something that we can pull from, whether it's divine it's intervention my job or what to have plant you. The seed now. Right, right. So that and that because that's what that's the answer. That's what we have to start planting seeds, or we mm-hmm. have to continue to plant seeds more and more and more with our brothers, our sisters, mm-hmm. if we want to undo and get people to the point where they can say where they can see oh I do have something in me that's better than this I don't have to be a womanizer I don't have to be abusive to women mm-hmm. I don't have to be oppressive I don't have to be resentful of men I don't have to do oh I do have mm-hmm. something I can be in a healthy relationship I can be a healthy whatever boo thing boyfriend girlfriend spout whatever whatever Not my whatever my my call is I can do that but if we don't mm-hmm. if we don't plant those seeds if there's nothing there it's going to be much more challenging for that process to, to happen like us now we're all delivered and we all you know but not with the teeth not with the teeth with, with the teeth with the teeth delivered but if, if we're not consistently <laughs> and more planting those seeds then it's gonna we're gonna keep in 10 15 thousand years we're gonna keep having the same conversation mm-hmm. like what's wrong with us what's wrong with these young folks why we can't be healthy why why is the divorce rate why, at 82 percent what's not gonna 82. keep <laughs> we're gonna keep having these conversations if we don't really recognize like okay yes we have been beat down, oppressed, abused. Some of it's been on our own accord. Some of it's been systematic. Some of it's been whomever, whomever, whomever. But at this point, you know, moving forward, we have to start planting seeds. We have to start blossoming seeds with our, within ourselves and within one another so that we can see yeah, we can be healthy. We can go to therapy or not. We can do other things to, mm-hmm. to heal. It doesn't have to be even though I think therapy is great because I'm a therapist. Um, but it doesn't have to be that. It could be a number of different things. But that we, we've got to start. And so for me, I'm not going to I don't want to say fuck you to the men who are abusive and whatever to women like like you. I want to say, can we heal you? Right. Who hurt you and how do we help heal you? That's what I want to say to them. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important to take some time to discern the seeds you have in your bag before you go spreading them all over the place. That part. Because (laughs) um, because the trajectory that I'm on 
I didn't get here by accepting poor seed. Mm-hmm. And I cannot allow you to just do what you mm-hmm. want energetically towards me. Um, and I, I get really upset when, especially when it comes to young women coming out of the street, off the streets like me. I'm very def- like I want them to be guarded. I don't want people just coming and saying anything about this spirit or that spirit or this spirit. Like, don't plant seeds in someone's life that's suffering or emerging from that. Um, some bullshit seeds. Take some time to make sure that your intentions are pure. Take some time to really discern what the seeds are that you plant. Are you planting? What is the? What is the? Uh, what are you doing it out of? Is it your insecurity? Is it your jealousy? Like what is it? Because a lot of times uh, we want to trip up strong people. We want to plant seeds of doubt and confusion, and and we're sowing seeds of jealousy and resentment and all that. And it's like no, go. I have to do it. Take a season, take a moment before you say what you say, do what you do, and discern from which where you're speaking. Um, because Make a lot sure of us have some deliverance place. and we have some power and we have some wisdom, but um, it's unsolicited and um, it, it's, it's you. It's a seed that you need to take, but you try to give it to other people. So just be careful because I got stumbled. I, I tripped up following women in the you know in the church and in recovery that didn't mean me any good and it set me back Mm -hmm. you know god is angry with you you know god is disappointed with you you relapse well no years later i realized relapsing was a part of recovery but depending on how you say things to people you don't know where they are on their journey so just you know i just try to be mindful of the seeds that i just walk around yeah, throwing, sure. um, and that takes maturity and time. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? Like, because you can of, really a send lot of somebody folks don't back. feel like we need to be mindful of how we say what we say to people. But I disagree. Uh, Kevin Samuel's followers, I fully disagree Duh. with. Uh, like, oh no, just say what's on your mind. If it's true, no, disagree. Yeah. Anywho, so and the, on the opposite end of that, like we have to also recognize, like. Sometimes people are trying to help, but they've been taught poison, and they don't know that they're not being helpful. I want to tell a small, small story. Years ago, my, they one, can only give what they got. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and what they got doesn't necessarily mean that it's healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. My my very best friend. This was I think I wasn't even a year out of maybe a year or so out of my son's um, death, and my I had made a little space in a closet with his books and his clothes, and I used to go in there and cry and snot and cry and snot and read his book and cry and snot and cry and snot and my friend called and checked on me she had two kids at the time two little kids at the time and I told her what I did I was proud of myself and she was like oh no Nat you uh uh-uh you gotta get rid of that stuff girl that is not helping you that's only gonna make it worse to make your process longer and I was so offended at first like how dare you get to hold your kids don't tell me that I need to get rid of my son's clothes I will punch you in your throat (laughs) but then afterwards I thought she's trying to help me Mm -hmm. she she doesn't understand my experience she doesn't understand my walk she doesn't understand my 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 lowest point my rock bottom and what I need to do to heal so she's planting a seed or she you know she wasn't even thinking that but she's she's offering something that's that's not helpful to me but I don't have to be in offense to that. But it came from her heart. Mm-hmm. It came from her heart, and I understood that made it helpful. I, I knew her heart. I'm like, but I don't have to be in offense. Some other people have said some stuff, and it didn't come from their heart, or I don't know where it came from because they weren't my friends. And but that, but I have that buffer now of like, okay, just because 
you gave me your opinion or what have you and it was ignorant or it was hurtful or what have you, I don't have to take that in. I don't have to be offensive. I don't have to, you want to label me something or whatever. We've got to learn how to chew no. up the meat and spit out the bones. Yeah. Because, but when you're serving a population, yeah. sorry, Rib, when you're serving a population like I am, where they're stumbling out, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're one year out of prison or they're six months off the street, I, I take a stance because it's like, they're, they don't have that buffer For yet. Sure. And so since I'm in that space of service, yes. I tell them, listen, people are going to say things to you about God, about your body, about your this and this. Just be mindful what you take in. Mm-hmm. That's my work. Like, that's what I do for, like, women like me because I've been that way, like, where I was like, oh, God's mad or God's angry. I'm not going to win. I'm a loser. I'm a, I'm a whore and all that. I internalized mm-hmm. it. Now that I don't, but that's why I do, like, say the things oh, I that agree. I say. And that's why I posted that post because I want other survivors to know people are going to say some shit to you that's inappropriate. Um, it's ignorant because she had no idea what it meant to lose a, a son, a child. Um, and so I forgive. But I also use it as a, a part of my platform to be like, this is my, what you might experience coming right. out. Um, and guard your heart. Right. And guard your mind I and your heart. I wrote about that in my right. book. And then I also told my friend, friend, don't tell nobody else that. So you meet somebody else that lost a child, don't tell them that no more. And yeah, because, like, you know, let they, their process they, be their they, process. Yeah, they might not take it that way. This has been a hell of a mm-hmm. show today, man. Lord have mercy. Yeah, Y'all man. came in here it's been a spitting the day. Say, I got to, um, as we wrap it up, you know, King going to leave you with something today, but I'm going to shoot at the men today. Just a little something right quick. As we close it out, I want to first of all thank all my co-hosts, you know what I'm saying, for being here today, being present, not only being present here physically, but, you know, spiritually and sharing your strength, hope, and um, the information that you shared today. Look, men, um, fear, I understand fear. I get it, you know. Some fear is healthy, you know what I'm saying, because if you didn't have some type of fear, you know, you run yourself into a wall. But look, man, we got to stop being scared, man, to change. We got to stop being scared to look in the mirror. Because, yes, we got a whole bunch of stuff that we done been through and we got to deal with today. That we done went through slavery, this, systematic, and all this. We know that. We know that. You gain goofy if you don't. So with that, you also must know that you need some work, man. You know what I'm saying? And all this stuff, we talked about it on the show as far as how we take and all this old information and bring it in into 2023. But we also established, you know what I'm saying, that there's some golden blocks back there that you know what I'm saying that we need to bring up here. But one thing we don't need to bring is the stereotypical stuff that, you know what I'm saying, because you go to therapy, you crazy. Oh, that ain't for me. I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, you sick because you go, nah, all that shit got to go. Yeah. That shit got to go because if you black in America, your ass need therapy. Man. <laughs> Period. I'm gonna tell you that if you black in America, yes. you need therapy. Yes. So stop being it's scared, man. And go ahead and give somebody a call, preferably a black therapist. Next week, here I go. <laughs> the showcase May fifth. <laughs> Some people call it Cinco de Mile, but we finna call it the showcase up in here. It's at the Empire Event Center, seventeen oh nine Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, Dallas, in the middle of D Town. Yeah, we finna give it to you all. We finna give you the spoken word, the poetry, the comedy, R and B, neo soul. We finna give you a show. Just come on and sit down. Oh, I didn't tell you. You got to be at least thirty years old to come mess with us. Elite Gentlemen's Production is gonna serve you up with the showcase in the middle of downtown Dallas. Come on out, May 5th. Y'all know what it is.
entrepreneurs, it is me, Dr. Cassandra Bradford, and I want to invite you to this year's The Run Entrepreneurial Conference happening on July 15th at 8 a.m. at On the Levee in Dallas, Texas. Listen, if you are a CEO, a CFO, an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or you're just thinking about starting a business, you need to get to The Run Entrepreneurial Conference on July 15th, 2023. Listen, if you are a truck driver, a dispatcher, freight broker. It doesn't matter what you do. Get to the RUN conference this year. We're going to have workshops, conferences, roundtable discussions. If you want to get into dispatching, trucking, AI, artificial intelligence, whatever you need in business, we got you covered. Come have the entrepreneurial experience of a lifetime on July 15th at the RUN conference. The Run Conference Experience, Saturday, July 15th at 9 a.m. Don't miss out on the Levy Center, 1108 Quaker Street, Dallas. For registration, go to www.runconference.org.